Hey there, independent filmmakers, film lovers, and podcast listeners. Two things I need to let you know about my interview with Benedict Evans and Hudson Hughes. The first thing is you will notice that they are both called Ben, even though one of them is named Hudson, or you'll notice it that they refer to each other as Ben. Um, Hudson's first name is Ben, but he goes by Hudson Hughes for a uh, directorial stage name. So when you hear them refer to each other by the name Ben, that's why. Just know that one of the Bens is Hudson. Second thing I need to let you know is towards the end, the last question I asked them is, do they have any advice or tips for filmmakers out there's lessons that they learned on this film? And um, halfway through answering the question, we lost our Zoom audio. I do have a backup, but my backup is basically a recorder in my room, so it's picking up on my sound as well as the sound coming out of the computer when I'm talking to them. So you will notice a sound audio quality change partway through that question, and that is the reason why. It's because we lost the Zoom audio, and I had to switch it over to that. You can still hear them fine, but it does sound different. And that's all I need to say. Now on to my discussion with Hudson and Ben and the independent feature film that they made. Welcome to Diary of an Unemployed Actor with me, Milo Dennison. Today I am joined by two filmmakers by the name of Benedict Evans and Hudson Hughes. They made a feature film called Wednesday in Space. Um, Both are producers on the film, and Hudson also wrote and directed it. What I like about this, too, as I saw from your um, press kit, is that your budget for this was 1,500 pounds. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Nice. Um, Well, welcome to the show, guys. Thank Thank you. Thank you for having us. So I, I do want to mention that press kit. Uh, it is one of the best ones that I've seen in regards to uh, putting that together because you guys have a nice PDF document that has like information about the film, some behind the scenes stuff, links. Uh, you've got a nice trailer. You've got a website built behind it. Where did that come from? Whose idea was that to put together? Um, I guess that would be my substance. I guess that would be me. And I, I've, um, it did take a bloody age, um, but. I've got sort of a background of doing a lot of graphic design work and such. So it wasn't, it wasn't a huge effort to put that together. I've done sort of web and publicity stuff before. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of people uh, do their films and they just kind of expect people to magically find it and see it and think it's brilliant. Uh, They don't really think about the fact that you actually have to promote it and get the, get the word out about it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's something I'm learning now, like, cause this isn't, you know, um, this is my first feature film and it, it's not something I've had to really think about before. Cause I've made shorts and put them in small festivals or local stuff. So it's still, you know, I'm, I'm learning about this. This is the first time I've done a press kit. I've done, I've done similar stuff, but never something of this scale. I'm like, right, this has to look really good because I'm sending this out to, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's a definitely a learning process for for us doing all this uh, marketing. How did you find that uh, going from shorts to a feature? It's interesting because it, uh, 
yeah obviously it's more work like i mean that's <laughs> sort of goes without saying um i'm trying to think of a more sort of fundamental i think change. the biggest part for me was probably the scheduling actually yeah yeah uh, just just initially that was something that really um had to be on point but also flexible and i think that's something that actually ended up towards the end of um production we did quite well uh in having like having a day or day and a half where if anything hasn't been completed or you know you're sort of scrambling and especially on you know no to low budget productions it's a lot on good faith and sort of the goodwill of other people being willing to help you so having a day at the end to say okay well we'll sort of, if we hadn't got the right shot we'll finish it at the end is very much i think for me was probably one of the most important aspects yeah i, I completely agree and i i think a, a thing to add here is that we shot this whole thing in well, the, the, we had another one, like, sort of half-day shoot for some separate bits, which is sort of TV adverts within the film. But the mm-hmm. main shoot was six days. So those, it was so intense shooting over those six days. But we, I had actually scheduled all of the shots for five days, which was overly optimistic, <laughs> very much so. But we did have some setbacks and things like that. But, so I'm very glad that I arranged to have a completely free day at the end but still calling everyone for that day and saying look like this is a free day and you know the best case scenario oh my god brilliant we only we shot a whole film in five days and we've got this day free um but it's there because naturally things do overrun and you have to rearrange schedules yeah that's pretty impressive um most of the film takes place in that uh, the, the the restaurant. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, that that was uh, me and Ben. Most of most of the construction of that restaurant. I actually I actually have a little story from. Uh, so essentially, we we built the entire set in Ben's garage. To me, it was probably one of the most amazing parts of the whole process was at like working within those creative limits and figuring out that you could fit. You know. 12 members, uh, 12 cast and crew in a garage with three separate rooms and trying to figure out the sort of logistics of that with a track where you could actually go through the rooms running adjacent to the garage wall. Yeah, we had a, I had a dolly running down the side. I, I felt like that was important because it, it, it definitely gave a feeling because a lot of it was about having this sort of feeling of the space. So much of it was set within that restaurant that I, was, I think the audience I wanted them to really grasp the layout very quickly and the easiest way to do that was having this camera dolly that could actually move between the rooms yeah that's a good idea did you um, build it in a way did you have to like remove walls or anything like that to get shots oh, we had the removable wall didn't we <laughs> oh my, oh my god. god that was such a bull leg <laughs> do you want to explain that one <laughs> Um, I'll, yeah, I'll try, and, I'll try and explain it best I can. Essentially, yes, um, we obviously wanted it to look, uh, you know, we had shots from all sorts of different angles and we didn't want it to be like a bare garage wall. So we built, we got two massive pieces of MDF. I think it was MDF, right, Ben? Hudson, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hudson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> massive pieces of MDF that we basically joined together with them. Um, uh, sort of like door joints uh, at the side and then put put wallpaper over that. Uh, but the problem was that uh, the garage door w- would only open so far. So it was like a, it was a, about a four person effort each time to bring it in. And then 
when we need a different shot, it was a four-person effort to take it out without destroying the entire set. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should explain that wall was basically because you know on the t- it, it was a bit like with a sitcom where you have the fourth wall which has been removed for the camera to look in essentially. Yeah. Uh, and for us, it was a bit like that with the the dolly was on the fourth wall side, which was open and could move along. But if we needed to do a reverse shot, which would be pointing towards the dolly. And there was no wall there. You just see the brickwork behind. So we had to have a removable wall, which on when you, it was, yeah, like almost like a massive book. <laughs> and when you opened <laughs> it one way, it had the wallpaper that matched the sort of main restaurant area. And when you flipped it round, it was white on the other side, which matched the kitchen area. So it was sort of just this way of, well, saving money because it meant that we didn't have to have more bits of uh, removable wall. Yeah, and I'll just give a quick shout out to every member of the cast and crew who had to hold that thing because there were some <laughs> long takes where you had to hold the wall in place and make sure that your hands weren't over the side and it was it was tiring. You really felt it in your arms after yeah, about Because I hadn't really figured out a, a good mechanism for holding the wall up rather than just putting several people behind it. Hey, that works. <laughs> Whatever works, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm curious, like, so you're both producers on the film and you had a third producer, if I remember correctly. How did you decide within that realm of producers who was responsible for what? So it sounds like one person was responsible for scheduling. Maybe one person was responsible for something else. A third producer. Oh, you might mean Kate. Yeah, oh, she's, I, uh, she's I could be wrong. I think I read that in your Yeah, in your I, yeah mm-hmm. she's, she's uh, more on the publicity side. I mean, she did loads to help um honestly it's pretty i mean it, as far as i i recall it was just having pretty open conversations um and ultimately just asking well obviously ben as a director you have a very specific vision but then yeah. saying okay i need this done and you know i have two shots to get in two different rooms just essentially sort of like you have this to figure out and then just enlist anyone you need to essentially yeah it's just, it's just a very very simple chain of command but quite effective i think actually yeah i think it's because i started i'd written this idea and i kind of realized that i needed another producer and but we'd already kind of we were already you know the, the gears were in motion this was already happening so I can't really say when I officially went, right, oh, okay, Ben's the other producer. But it was sort of just, it was almost like a process that happened, especially because Ben spent the best part of a month coming over several times a week to help me build the set. Um, and he he knew, uh, I mean, the, one, a couple of the ADs knew the story very well, but Ben Ben really knew the story in terms of how things were going to move around, things like that. So I was just sort of like, well, no one else knows the project as well as he does i think essentially i've known ben for a long time potentially too long and i have (laughs) a fairly good idea of what he wants out of uh, a project short or feature feature length yeah because we we made that we made a a short together 2016 was it yeah um yeah but we, but and that was sort of the fir- what I'd say was my first proper short film, uh, which is sort of a very weird, semi-animated stop motion but using people kind of thing. Um, but we'd already been making 
sort of weird stop motion animations before then like I, I've... Oh, yeah we started with like uh way back uh, uh like mid to late 2000s with people getting swallowed by bean bags and stop motion films and yeah <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> yeah nice so you both already had you know knew each other well enough and working together well enough to yeah oh, that was yeah, yeah and we, uh, well. we yeah we went to university together um and ended up living together for a year so sort of in each other's minds a little bit i suppose yeah did you both study film or something else Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> wow, that was an emphatic no. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, uh, I studied electrical engineering. Yeah, and I, uh, I studied English and history. So not a mile away from for the humanities and film, but definitely not, um, not film. <laughs> so what got you into film then? I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, that's, that's actually a hard harder question than it should be um <laughs> uh, i made I, I found it again recently with a friend will born uh who sort of just lives down the road from me when i was nine we made a lego animation together and i think yeah so i had a lot of lego that's how i got into film um and we made a few lego animations together and i started making more and more and going oh i can use all sorts of objects for animations and then at some point i sort of went it'd be really cool if I did an animation where it was like objects moving, but also people. And so I definitely came in with this idea of animation using people. And we, we made quite a few like that. So me and Ben, all the, well, most of the films that we'd made while we were at school were stop motion animations using people. Not all of them. No, because but... it's, it's easier. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. No one has to act. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was several years. I think that uh, the one in 2016 was the first one where we had proper dialogue. Um, yeah, and so I think, but it, that's probably also what got us into doing comedy films, really, and definitely the more sort of zany, farcical ones. I think I think a lot of the comedy came from sort of visual animation and things like that. Yeah, makes sense. It's much easier to. Uh... For stop motion comedy, you don't see too many overly dramatic, make you cry stop motion films out there. Maybe that's our next yeah. project. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. In regards to this film, because we didn't, I haven't, uh, we didn't have you guys describe the film to anyone listening. It's a science fiction comedy. Um, so describe the film really quickly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Ben describe the film. Oh, you're gonna no, make no, me? I'm, I'm gonna make you describe the film. Okay, um, it is essentially. It's an intergalactic adventure, all situated in a in a diner in space, uh, that is ran by a man by the name of Mr. Yim, and it is essentially a story that revolves around a traffic cop in space. I should, you know, I should reiterate this is in space. <laughs> um, a traffic cop in space uh, who is caught in the midst of a battle between two agencies competing for a government contract. Um, who essentially perform assassinations. Sounds, yeah, great. Yeah. When I watched the trailer, what it made me think of was the TV series back, like I think in the early 80s they did of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, love it. Oh. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what, the what first thing that popped to mind. Yeah, the 80, yeah, did you see it was like, I want to say 1980 or 81 or something like that, the British version of it. Was it that early? Well, I could be wrong, um, but I'm pretty sure. Not the movie, but the, the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And huh. uh, 
that's the yeah, first thing that popped good. into my I'm mind when I saw good, this. Because uh, I'm sure that was, you know, it, it was this idea of doing very low budget sci-fi. I really like that idea. And, you it know, it really lent good. itself to comedy. So There was a very certain aesthetic to it as well. That I think, again, lends itself to comedy in that making... A lot of uh, a lot of the design choices were making stuff look deliberately almost broken, and it really helped with the no budget thing because <laughs> things were almost already already broken. So, so when th- when things actually didn't work, <laughs> it kind of looked like <laughs> yeah. part of the style. Looked like it was intentional. Yeah, exactly. Nice. You and you used miniatures for a lot of it. Did you use any like CG at all? No, not really. I so I used miniatures no i can't I, you know I, I edited most of it in premiere pro i should have used after effects more than i did but um but i'm lazy uh, <laughs> uh yeah no it was mostly with miniatures and because uh, having a sort of a background in doing strange animations uh, i felt fairly confident in doing that and yeah just sort of lots of layers and um little models so i i built i can't remember how many models uh it was i think four spaceships that i built and then the sort of um the floating space station and a sort of warp tunnel thing um and another space station so yeah i think i can't remember how long the model building took me but it must have been a while (laughs) if i remember correctly when you considering uh vector animation at some point hudson Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're talking about releasing in November, and I'm, I might redo because I I might redo the um, title sequence, which was a massive thing. I was like, we've got to have an animated title sequence because I love uh, the Pink Panther and and uh, well, a Shot in the Dark, which is again Inspector Clouseau, and just all those films that have really cool animated titles. Um, but I I did that sort of hand-drawn animation but i kind of wanted to redo it in vector animation let make it look quite clean that that's something that i might do in a couple of months time before you uh before you release it because you've so yeah. far it's done uh festivals correct yes and you're looking for a release later this fall yeah how's that going that's you know that's uh that's going all right um <laughs> we're we 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 talked to a couple of cinemas and we're we're fairly confident we're I, this is an exclusive actually for uh, this podcast we, we are announcing it in a couple of days time but we're 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 behind the scenes building up to doing a a fa- fairly um small kickstarter um to for some distribution funds um are which, you looking to sorry to interrupt there are you looking to distribute it yourself or are you looking to find a distributor yeah, so this is more for self-distribution. Um, and so we're looking to sort of start in London uh, at maybe one or two cinemas. We've got a couple in mind. But I don't really want to say anything in case it's just like... We <laughs> in will, case I can't. Yeah. We're going to play at the Odeon. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, starting in London and then uh, branching out and hopefully playing in uh, several places around the UK maybe further afield if we can um are you looking at, after that to do like uh like vod or dvd or something along those lines uh yeah yeah definitely definitely long term. okay yeah i think um on that note as well again lots of the focus for sort of the marketing and distribution has been on self-distributing and and interest in cinemas and and publications but yeah obviously having a sort of a long-term plan in terms of talk we, i have 
talked with online distributors for sort of the after event of it. So getting getting online, potentially sort of, you know, on screenings uh, for those that can't make it to physical screenings and everything to that extent as well. Yeah, that's great. I think I, I think that's impressive because once again, that's another one of those areas people don't think about the the long term of like what they're going to do. I same thing. I talk to people and I'm like, so what are you going to do after the film's done? Uh, I don't know. And it's like, okay, well, what's the point of making the film if nobody's going to watch it? Exactly. We got jokes. We got jokes for days. We got <laughs> got to get them out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much time did you spend then in post, like editing it and putting it all together? Uh, it must have been. I mean, it was it was two months of pretty solid work. Um, something I, I I mean, if it, if I had to give a number of hours, it was probably five hundred hours. I mean, at, at this point, it's definitely more. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like in terms of the amount of time, I you know I was working some quite long weeks, sort of fifty-hour weeks, was somewhere even longer to be fair, because um, I had a couple of film festivals, which I was like, right, I'm going to edit it to this deadline. And luckily they were delayed <laughs> because <laughs> it certainly wasn't ready. But yeah, yeah, I, I'd say about two months. Are you still tweaking it? Yes. Yeah, we've because uh, we've you know, we've got a version that we've sent out to festivals. Um, but uh, especially for releasing in cinemas, we've got to have a sort of cinema ready version of the film, uh, which will mean a bit of upscaling since the version we've sent to festivals is of like a decent quality but not the quality that we'd want to be showing at cinema right would you do you know what uh would you film it on what cameras it was a, a gh5 a panasonic gh5 okay yeah uh yeah that's the thing we only shot on the one camera um and here's a yeah here's a tidbit for listeners shoot on more than one camera <laughs> um it's a very bad idea to just just use one camera um it wasn't my camera though uh so i was just very happy to have it but yeah just it it would have saved a hell load of time having two cameras and that was was that just to so shooting a scene from multiple angles at the same time yeah basically just just so that you can have a forward and reverse you know it, it makes it cuts the time for shooting a conversation scene in half uh, probably more in, more than in half because when you've got one camera you, you set everything up you're like oh okay that's good and then you set everything up the other way and you're like oh well I've got a yeah and you're just not not quite happy with the with the angle or whatever so yeah um, and we, we, the thing is like, we had enough camera people to shoot with two cameras but we just didn't have two cameras especially in such a I mean there is a, there is a lot of pretty pretty gnarly action but I mean there's a lot of a heavy dialogue in there as well make with you know jokes obviously sort of thrown about uh, a mile a minute but especially yeah if you're shooting dialogue scenes which is <laughs> obviously most of the movie it's so it looking back it would be would have been so much easier just to have that extra camera even just to see if you like a shot from one angle or not essentially yeah yeah like i'd say for the coverage we, we one one issue i encountered when i was editing was like just a lack of coverage but that, you know that's something you learn uh, just from shooting films and at, at the end of the day it's it's sort of you know we, we shot the whole thing in six days essentially so there, there was always going to be issues when I got to the edit when I was like oh for god's sake I can see someone like just pop their head around the corner or something that didn't catch on the camera the first time <laughs> <laughs> did you did you watch dailies at all when you were shooting it did you have time to do that no we didn't 
Mm, which yeah. which is something I definitely definitely not advise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, because because I was editing, like this was very small scale. Yeah. Um, if I was shooting again, I definitely you know one advice I'd give is f- don't edit the film yourself. Um, which you know is sometimes impossible, and for for me it was kind of impossible because it'd be an impossible ask just to go hey go hey uh, would you uh, spend two months of your life doing the edit for this film for free yeah um that's not really possible but i mean if you have a, a really god a really dedicated team <laughs> um you might be able to convince someone to take on some of that even just for the dailies um because when you're directing or in my case directing producing and building a set you, there's just not enough sort of brain space to do stuff like that at the end of the day yeah, you're jumping around from so many different things. A um, couple more questions. Uh, I'm curious about how you found your cast and crew. Do you want to say this one, Ben? Honestly, it was mostly uh, connections that were made while studying. Uh, that was that was yeah, it was pretty much everyone um, who was. It was people from all sort of walks of life at university, from you know drama people, so people who were versed in like you know theatrical performance, uh, like the like the the diner owner uh nick well played by nick nick ong um uh, a couple of people from uh sort of like tv elements of uni so that like uh, southampton tv southampton radio so people can enunciate um and then honestly just some people that uh weren't like friends of friends who were willing uh willing and able to and, and uh, comedy as well comedy and improv a lot of it was comedy and improv people because it was such a such a comedy heavy project having people who understood comedic timing uh and who were of basic good natured because <laughs> uh, you're inevitably uh, a couple times gonna gonna run over a bit and just making sure no one gets too cranky on set so keeping them fed and, and watered and everything but yeah it was it was just sort of yeah completely and, and yeah i i purposely used a lot of people who'd um done stage work before um because especially in you know these are all not all but mostly people who are just graduating uh, literally um <laughs> i mean yeah. you had your graduation in the middle of shooting <laughs> uh, yeah i there was uh, i ended i was on set till four in the morning and then had graduation the next day <laughs> wow yeah, so ben had to miss one of the days yeah. um but yeah yeah so it, that for me it was important because i had you know, I'd, I'd done like a fair amount of filmmaking, but I had kind of moved away from filmmaking when I went to uni um, for a bit to do comedy. Um, so stand-up, sketch, and improv. Uh, improv was always my favourite. Um, so we had a, a few people in the film who were very good improvisers, and, and the people who are really good at improv tend to be very good actors. And then also using people from who did theatre and especially musicals, I have to say, because it was for the type of comedy we were doing, which was slightly larger than life and slightly zany, people who had done musical comedy seemed to fit very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, both Bella and Nick, who are two of the play two of the central characters, were both were really good very... singers. Just, <laughs> that never came <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah that didn't come into play. They didn't have to <laughs> sing, but they are very good singers. <laughs> yeah, and, and having... I've, I've directed quite a few of those actors before, either in previous films or on stage. So I really knew what I was working with when we came to this film and I knew these people just there wouldn't be any they wouldn't just have to sit around learning lines they just sort of knew them like that 
That's nice. That's nice having that network that you can kind of draw from. Especially yeah, something like definitely. That. Um, now that it's complete, like any, and you've kind of seen it a few times and had the experience of filming anything that you do different. Um, I know you kind of mentioned maybe uh, two cameras, uh, but any, anything else kind of learning lessons learned? More time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely more time. Um, I think, you know, we, we wanted to shoot it in the minimum amount of time possible because we had a very clear idea of who we wanted to play different roles in our minds. And we wanted to make sure we could get those people. And if you say to someone, hey, would you come shoot this film for two to three weeks for free? That's not really something people can say yes to. Where if you say, right, we're shooting this all in one really intense week. It's going to be super fun. You can stay here. We're going to like cook together and like, you know, just to have a have a really good laugh. We really did. We had such a good laugh. Um, oh, yeah. It was a really friendly cult. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It really was. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy in hindsight to say more time. Um, but maybe in reality, I probably could have asked people to stay a couple more days. Um, and that would have given time, you know, to, for reshoots or, you know, for me to just like watch over the footage one more time and really go, no, 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 we need, need to shoot it again. Because it, it gets that time where, you know, you've, you've run over and you're looking at that shot and you know in your heart of hearts that you could get it better, but you're just, you're either too tired or you've got too much more to do or whatever. So you go, nah, that's good enough. Mm. And you get to the edit and you're like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Actually, one thing, and this is completely dependent on the director's personality, but for me, I think, especially being British, I have a tendency to say sorry a lot, just a bit too much. Um, and I think especially when working with a crew that was so, just so brilliant, no, like really people didn't complain, apart from that one time where Nick got really angry. Uh, but it wasn't at anyone. It was at the fact that um, he was trying to, we had a spaceship control panel and uh he was meant to be soldering leds onto it that would actually glow and stuff but we couldn't find someone lost the solder <laughs> and so i was telling him a trick that i used to do with electrical when i was doing electrical engineering i was just like just twist the wires together and then tape it up or hot glue it and he just couldn't figure it out and he was getting so annoyed so i guess one tip like have solder <laughs> if you need solder. <laughs> yeah, have spares of everything is a genuine one thing, point. Uh, one thing I would say as well is um, organization of props uh, is probably was probably something we could have done better. Yeah, we did it all right, but yeah, we did, that's, we did that's it all right. But definitely, okay, if you're especially if you're trying to hurry stuff up and uh, it's getting towards you know when everyone needs to be like you can't keep food away from people forever. You you need to keep morale up and spirits up yeah. just having everything organized and put back as soon as yeah. it's not in use yeah. we get we were genuinely good but occasionally you'd find yeah. you were missing like a prop gun or prop glasses or something and it would just take that extra five minutes which doesn't need to be taken so yeah little things, yeah things. yeah and we, i mean we had uh paris uh, Matthews and she she was doing hair and makeup but she kind of doubled as our props master mm -hmm. uh, because we had some shelves up above the garage that um, we were using for all of that uh, going back to the point about saying sorry I said sorry too much and there's, there's like it's just one of those things where it's like you get to 
you've overrun and it's sort of like midnight, <laughs> which happened two times. And I kept on going saying, saying sorry, guys, we've done after this, we've done it. And it, it's just, it gets into this cycle. People are like, yeah, stop saying sorry. Um, and so learning to be like, just people have already accepted it. Yeah, so learning to be less you're, British. You're in it together. <laughs> It'd be less British. Don't be British. <laughs> but Just be like, look, just, we're going over, you know, deal with yeah. it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But kind of being, you're all in this together and it's not just your burden to bear in yeah. a way. Because that is, it feels like you're being, oh, um, I'm being really apologetic and nice or something. But that is almost an ego thing in a way because you're, you are making it about you in some way uh, when it is, it should really be about everyone. Um, yeah, acknowledging that everyone was, in the end, you could sense that everyone was really proud of what we were able to pull off, essentially. So yeah, sort of exactly. acknowledging that without, again, being like too overly apologetic is probably probably a good thing, yeah. I, I think also we, we didn't give people enough time with the script because you know because we were building the set and we're so focused on that. I hadn't sent out a script early enough. And um, I remember having a now infamous conversation with uh, Josh Vastra who played um, it, he was only there for one day to play quite a small role but there's these these French rebels who are hiding in some unknown hideout and it's basically the whole film is them they're trying to set up their listening device but they're just having an IT crisis essentially and he, he was only there for a day and I picked him up from the train station nearby in the morning and I hadn't sent him a script but I was like, he's done so much stage acting. He's done a lot of comedy. I, I know he can nail this. I, I just need to give him an hour or so at the beginning with the script. And I've been so rushed off my feet. I hadn't had time to send him his part of the script. And I picked him up. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Josh. Right. Um, so I did, I, you know, I told you who your character is, right? And then he went, no, sorry, you didn't actually. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I've been so rushed off my feet. So you're this rebel um, in space, and you know, I explained his character, mate, and and you're French. He went, so am I speaking French at all? I went, oh yeah, all all your lines are in French. And he went, oh okay. And he, <laughs> he dealt with it like a champ. Oh he my did god, really well. he did, he didn't speak French normally though. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no, but he he was decent enough. I'd seen him like speaking French in a play before, and I was like, yeah, he can he can do it. Um, he, and he every time he got a line wrong in French, he got really annoyed at himself. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you should so not be annoyed. You should be annoyed at me because I've, I've put you through this. Nice. So, yeah, I think that's the point where I felt the most guilty. I'd say also one big thing is that Bella described it in a really... Uh, Bella's the sort of, or, sort of protagonist in this. That's the thing that it's not... There's not really a... Um, one central character is sort of jumping around. So it almost has, the whole film almost has this slightly sketch-like feel. Uh, it, that's the way she put it now. So that's actually a really good way of describing it. So you're jumping from these like French rebels to stuff happening in the restaurant to this traffic cop in space and like all these little scenes going on that don't necessarily relate to the central plot, but all come back in the end. And one big aspect of it is the TV adverts. that is really weird aggressive commercials for all sorts of different things. And some of those we shot during the central shoot, but some of those we shot on a separate day. And I felt like that was a really good idea because we we shot that, I think it was like a month or two months later, and we came at it with fresh eyes, like what can we really add to this? 
and gave everyone a chance to depressurize, I think, and then come back yeah. to it. Fresh. Yeah. So that was me, Ben, Anand, and Sam, who, and Anand and Sam had already multi rolled in the film. So there's multi rolling in this film because it's a comedy and that's kind of, yeah, it's just a, you know, it saves budget as well. <laughs> um, and we came at it with a very loose script, but it, I was watching some of the videos back, like the full recordings, because we just let the camera roll. And then we were coming up with stuff on the fly. And I don't think it would have been as funny if I'd scripted it uh, because we didn't script it. I had like ideas of like, well, we've got to begin here and end here. This is what you're selling. Um, and then just... Like you had a character role. product and pretty much took it from there. I th we didn't even have... Because we ended up with uh, a, a B-Day salesman called Wet John, um, which is the one character in the film that I played. Um, but we didn't have the name Wet John. It, it, I think it was like several minutes process of coming up with the name uh, on the day. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, and that was a really fun, quite relaxed day. Um, yeah, again, so it's in the garage. <laughs> yeah, it, it was in the garage as well. So we, we can still say we shot the film there. One thing, that's, a, that's another thing that I think we did good, but also could have improved was food. It just seems to be a thing that we, with filmmaking, people constantly pass over that. Like, of course, people need to eat. And one great thing for morale was having a really nice dinner. Um, and because, you know, the, there was always going to be a few people who were like vegan or vegetarian or this or that. So we're just like, screw it. We're all going vegan for the week. So we did like massive uh, vegan dishes for dinner, which were really nice. And we'd send a few people. If people weren't down in front or behind the camera, they were upstairs helping make food. Um, and so we had a really nice dinner every night and that was a really good morale boost. One thing is that we made sandwiches every lunch and that was nice, but we should have made more. So I think or have excess food yeah. is, a, is a good idea. People should always, no one should ever be like, oh, I just wish I had a bit more. Yeah, I agree with that. Number one piece of advice for a film set is make sure everybody's well-fed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what are you guys working on? Uh, do, you, do you know what you're working on next, or is all the focus still on this one? Uh, well, I mean, we there, there's like another feature idea that we're talking about, but that's that's a little... That's a, that's a way off. Okay. There's a sort of a couple of shorts I want to make in between. One of those almost being sort of a, a concept. That was one we're talking recently about, like a sort of a proof of concept for the next feature. But that is a way off. That's after, you know, we've done all the marketing and distribution for this film and sort of using, hopefully, the audience we generate from this one to, to move into the next one. Yep. Mm. Uh, okay, where can people find out about the film and you guys and all that fun stuff? Hit them with the links, Ben. All right, so... Instagram, Facebook, I think we have it was a Twitter for Wednesday in yeah. Space. Wednesday yeah. in Space. There's also a website, wednesdayinspace.com. You can also check out Hudson Hughes Films on all social media. <laughs> well, that's why I bring you, Ben along. <laughs> that's yeah, my, such I, enthusiastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, Go on, plug, uh, plug yourself. Yeah. Plug myself. Uh, I am Benedict Evans, and I produced <laughs> Wednesday in Space. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a tiny little podcast uh, that's just actually myself, Ben, and two of our mates, and we talk about movies, and it's even lower budgeter than uh, the movie. But primarily, check out Wednesday in Space and Hudson News Films on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
There's a website. Yeah. Did I mention a website? Yeah, website. Wednesdays.com. Excellent. Go through it. it looks good. We've got the poster, everything. Trailer's coming out very soon. A couple yeah, of weeks' time. Yeah, we've got the Five trailer time. coming. Trailer is coming Sunday on the website, and Monday you'll see it hopefully all over social media. Yeah, and we're releasing sketches a lot at the moment. We've had several sketches that me and yeah. Ben have made have come out in the last couple of days. To keep people entertained, in the meantime, we've got a load of really weird sketches coming out that we hope people love too. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, so that'll be, I'll throw all the links, of course, into the show notes for the podcast so people Thank can you. just click on that all they want. Um, thanks a lot, guys. That was great. That was very informative. I'm sure my audience will get plenty from that. Thanks so much so. for coming on, Thanks. Thanks yeah, for coming thanks on the so show. Much.